1: Hello, Cheeseheads. Welcome to the final episode of the Cheese Room Podcast this season. I think most Spurs fans will be quite happy to draw this season to a close and and look forward to next season already. Joining me to discuss the game against Leicester, a great 4-2 victory, is all the way from Vienna, the Harlow Glowtrotter. How are you doing, HG?
2: To be honest, you scared me for a little bit when you were about to say this is the final Cheese Room Podcast and then you added (laughs) this season after a slight pause. Um, it's weird, right? Seventh is not a good finish, but I feel really happy right now. So I'm I'm doing well. It's uh, yeah, it's not a bad end to a well. It, it's a decent end to a crappy season, and I'm already looking forward to August.
1: Exactly. There's always another season, as Spurs fans say quite often. And yeah, there is the silver lining of finishing ahead of the Goons. And it was an exciting day. There was back and forth about who was qualifying, who wasn't, and. As I've tweeted today, I really dislike Leicester. Everything about them pisses me off these days, especially like Spurs fans fawning over their owners and their bloody transfers. I'm just like, I'm glad. I don't like their fans.
2: You don't want a rosette, Franco? You don't want a rosette? Oh, they're
1: such great owners giving their fans like 20p's worth of rosette and like a bottle of water and a brownie. Jesus Christ. Such a great football club. So yeah, as you can see. I'm quite happy that we've smashed them today and destroyed their Champions League's hopes, even if it does mean that we have to go and play in uh, Baku or wherever it is next year. Um, Also joining from Cambridge, I believe, Mr. Steve Diver. How are you doing, Steve?
3: Uh, Good evening. Yeah, I'm really good. Um, Well, mostly good. Mostly good. A little bit confused about the result because are we happy we're in that horrible league thing or are we not? But we beat Arsenal, so...
1: Come on, Steve, you, me, Lichtenstein next summer or like <laughs> next September, <laughs> this September.
3: European tour of uh, skanky McDonald's, eh? <laughs> uh,
2: I've, I've heard that I think in Luxembourg, it's like four quid and you can go wherever you want in the entire country on one day's public transport. It's there lots, of to, lots of things
1: to look forward to in the Europa Conference League. HG, you can walk from one end of the country to the other in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Size of my back garden exactly well you never know we might get a nice little winter trip to Finland or something or like you know the, the northern reaches of Norway you can go and see the northern lights and part of an away trip and we could laugh be romantic mate <laughs> no no one I'd rather be with you than with you Steve right let's crack into the game as we always do looking at the lineups HG a few changes today um enforced movement of Doherty in at right back with Tanganga's injury and then Sanchez kind of makes sense brought in to match Vardy's pace we'll discuss later how effective that idea was but the interesting for me was there's all the French contingent apart from Lloris obviously was was nowhere to be seen or Lo
2: yeah I mean I think it was more who wasn't available that that made people question what was going on I think we all knew that Doherty was going to get the nod uh, once Tanganga was out if only because Aurier we don't know why, but you know, hasn't played the last three games. Now mm. it doesn't appear to be like I think he's on his way out. So I think we're just kind of protecting that deal, whatever. And and hopefully I can sit here and say hopefully we've got one for Sissoko as well. I don't want Dombele to go, so that was a that's a bit awkward. And to see both he and Lasselso not on the bench at least, it does make you question a few things. And we don't really know the situation, but like it's weird that. The starting eleven, as much as I don't love it, it, it's it's probably the best you can pick if you don't want to play those players. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, but I mean, that, that's just it. Like, it, I think the team is was was set up quite well, right? Like, we all know that Delhi isn't really a number ten, but he's being asked to do that job, and so you need to have two people behind him that like to sit. Both Winks and Heiberg like to sit, even though they're not great at it. That is what they want to do. So I don't know. Like, I think that. I, again, I wasn't upset to see. I wasn't upset to see Dyer on the bench. Like I think Sanchez, even if it was for Vardy, okay. But you know, we know that Toby and Sanchez have a decent record together. So yeah, I, I can't be too upset at Ryan Mason for the eleven they chose today. No,
1: and quite happy to see Bergvine get another chance, even though he had a bit of a tough time with it. I suppose. Um, what did you make of it, Steve? Um, and and the absence of the Frenchies.
3: Yeah, I think HD summed it up really well, didn't he? I mean, you can't. What other team can you realistically pick? Um, mm. you know, if you look at a bench, like Bale's never going to play a full game, so Feinbergwein's got to start, um, and I'm a big fan of his, even though he was pretty poor today, or very poor today. Um, Winks, I'm not a fan of, but who else do we have if on Dumbledore and Alesselsa are out? We haven't got anybody else to put in centre midfield.
2: I guess that that's the thing, isn't it? Like why are Dombele and Leselso, why weren't they in the squad today? Like, we mm. can speculate a little bit. Um, I think that, I think I think a lot of Spurs fans expect or hope that one of them gets sold in the summer. Mm. I don't really know which, I mean, some people seem to prefer Dombele to go because they think he's not, you know, really set up for the, for the British League or for the English Leagues. Um, some want Leselso to go because they think he's basically Lamella Mark II and, and I guess I can see both, both answers, but, I don't know. I I don't really know what's going on. I don't think, obviously, that Mason has much role in what will happen over the summer. So, yeah, where has that decision come from? I I don't know if anyone asked Mason that after the game or before the game, but I think from Spurs fans' point of view, they're they're two very expensive signings and we've put a lot of money into them and we want to know the situation. Like, Dombelli's on 200 grand a week. Mm -hmm. That's a massive investment that we've made in him and it, it hasn't worked out. And so, yeah, what, what what is the deal? You know, what, what what are we going to try and do this summer? Are we going to try and get his wages off the books and loan him out somewhere? If if that's the best we can hope for, it, it, it's interesting because I, I think really, like we, we all think that Hoiberg will stay, and then after that, we don't really know what's going to happen with yeah. any of them. So it's uh, yeah, I get, that that would have been my question for for Ryan Mason after the game, what what the situation was, because I think beforehand we, the only injury we had was was Ben Davies. So yeah, yeah it's it, it's tough.
1: It was a very strange one. Um, even strange I mean to start with I was thinking Euros, but Dombele's not even been picked as he's Soko's going. Yeah. <laughs> but no and Steve then, um, if you had to choose between La Celso and, and Dombele leaving, which one would you prefer to leave? I think we'd get more money from Dombele. Um hmm. so a tick in a the box there, an
3: accountant, so I'm always gonna look after the money. <laughs> <laughs> um got Daniel Eve
1: in my ear saying that. Um Dave, we're losing listeners. We're we losing are. Listeners.
3: Um, I'll claw them back, don't I? Um, I think. <laughs> I think Sue so and Domblay. I think. Yeah, you know, in a five-a-side game, I'd absolutely pick him. Because he's incredible in tight space.
1: Yeah,
3: um, and that's how he grew up, wasn't it? Playing kind of street football in five-a-side. Mm. Um, I think he'd be better suited in, in another league, and I think he'd do really well. Lascelle. So I've still got big hopes for. Um, so I'd rather keep LaSalle. So I think he offers us more particularly of his final pass, but neither of them have quite set the world alike, like we'd hope, a £100 million uh, midfield pairing would.
1: Yeah, I think it's the problem we always seem to have with our midfielders is that I always think if you combine two or three of them together, you'll have the sort of play that we want to have. But instead, we yeah. seem to have players of attributes, and they're not quite there. So, and they're also both made out of glass; like they're both injured loads. So it just feels like that they've not been the wisest of investments, and we spent a lot of money. So it's going to be difficult to recruit that. And I think you're right; we probably would get more from Dombele. I still feel like he's a more sort of um, renowned and well-known player within Europe. Um, and we'd probably get a bit of cash for him. But let's see. And he's also the one that seems to be the, the least happy. Like Levy's motivational speech didn't work that well in the end. <laughs> right, HG, what do you think of the game itself? Um, just a shout-out quickly to Adam Austin on the Facebook page. You said, messages to say, to say don't worry about the podcast this time. We all know <laughs> this was at the point when we were losing and the penalties. But <laughs> obviously, we pulled it around, so we had a bit of chat then. But shout-out, Adam. Cheers for that. Um, what do you think of the game itself? I thought it was quite open at times there's a lot of
2: scrappiness to it i think there were moments where we looked half decent Mm. i think there were moments where leicester made it very difficult for us and we couldn't seem to really play out into their half that that's always disappointing to see because you'd like to think that we're good enough to do that but we just haven't shown it i think that most of our players played relatively well even if i'm using that as by their own standards so it it, it was a it was it was an interesting game because like the penalty was annoying, right? The first one they got. Because at the both time, of them were. Yeah, well, yeah, the, both of them. But the, the first one at the time, I screamed, you diving little shit. And then I looked <laughs> at the replay and was like, oh, yeah, we clipped him. Okay. Uh... And then the question is like, you know, does does Vardy run into his foot or does Toby lift his, leave his leg out? I'm pretty certain it was a penalty if you ask me. And
1: the thing is, Toby, that's how Toby tackles. For like for years, he's done that, hasn't yeah. he? He kind of does that to try and block the ball off, and it's hardly ever gone wrong. So for it to go wrong today, and I do think Vardy left his leg out a little bit. Like if you really wanted to, he could have avoided it, but it was a pen. You can't argue,
2: I suppose. No, quite. So when that went in, I think we all just like, well, I was very much, well, okay, this is the end of season game. Like anything can happen, kind of like the the game we had against Leicester a few seasons ago on the last day of the season, where we won what four, three, five, three, something like that. Five, four. Yeah, it was five, four. Okay, yeah. It, it just feels it, it felt a little bit like that. I didn't think we were going to score the, the the four that we did, but I just felt as if that we we had a couple of decent chances. I think Kane touched the ball maybe once in twenty minutes. The first <laughs> twenty did. minutes, it was <clears throat> it, 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 it was awful. There was I think there was one time. Um We won the ball relatively high up the pitch, and Winks had it, and he instantly looked for he look, instantly looked for Bergvine, who was on the edge of the box and When you saw the replay, you see kane he 's between the two center halves a, a, a relatively good pass forward to him would have been similar to one that that Heuberg did in in one of the last games that went straight to Kane and he went through and scored. So it's just, I felt like almost in that first 20 minutes, were we trying to avoid Kane? Were we not passing it to him? It it was really, really weird because it's not as if we didn't have possession of the ball. Early on, Mm. we looked the better side for the first five or 10 minutes before Leicester really got going. Mm. But uh, yeah, that that, that equaliser helped us out, didn't it? The one from Kane. It half did. time, yeah. I don't know. It just it it was it, it was a, it was an end of season game that had a lot going on it, a lot of riding yeah. on it. It, it. it was odd. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: I was more excited during the game with just like I said, the ups and downs because every single goal that went in it changed things. Um, but yeah, even our goal was really scrappy, wasn't it, Steve? Great finish, but scrappy as anything to for the build up.
3: It was scrappy, really good technique, um, but terribly scrappy. I didn't think we had a couple of good chances. Um, or half chances prior to that. I think most of our goals were relatively scrappy. To be fair, <laughs> um, I think well, the entire game was a bit scrappy. I don't think I don't think either team played particularly well. I think we just played at times a little bit less badly than than Leicester did.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I just. I don't know. It's a difficult one. I think like she said, there was a time we just kept playing these long balls over the top that weren't really going anywhere mm. and Leicester were doing the same thing but it just caused us problems and that was that was the biggest thing today, wasn't it? Um, was that Vardy running against Sanchez. How did you think Sanchez did overall?
3: I mean, when when you've got a pacey striker against Bambi on ice, it's always going to cause us <laughs> problems. Like yeah. I've, I've never seen a professional footballer look like he's uh, got roller skates on before. He's just... He's all
1: over no, the show, isn't he? But he did um, do one of his textbook sliding last-minute tackles, didn't he, in the box, which was good.
3: Yeah, but in kind of Kyle Walker style, he made a cracking tackle because he fucked up earlier on and had to come back and cover. <laughs> like, you, know, you you have to kind of look at it in the hole.
1: Yeah, that's very true. But um, let's talk about those pens quickly. The first one we've already really discussed, but what did you think about that second one, Steve? Did you think it was uh, – Would you given that as a pen and, and – I thought it was completely ridiculous. Sanchez obviously did, but then VAR looks at it and they decided they thought it was a pen as well. Do we even know what penalties are these days? I don't know. I mean,
3: I think um, I think the first one was soft, but I can not see why it was a penalty. The second one... Was not a penalty. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it wasn't a penalty. So I feel, I feel pretty hard done by his, his Sanchez for that.
1: Do you not think it's ridiculous though that VAR gets to look at these things and still can't make the right decision? Hundred percent. It's I'm
3: like, I get it subjective, but I don't. I don't think many people, and certainly not a professional referee, should have seen that and thought that's a penalty.
1: No. And for me, it's just the inconsistency because I think other times you'd have something like that in the box, and you know that sort of level of contact, and they'd say no penalty. But the fact that it's almost like when a player's running through with the ball at pace, something there's contact like that, they're like, yep. Yeah definite pen I just I just think there's a real lack of consistency and that that's the biggest problem is that VAR we've said it many times was brought in to try and get rid of these inconsistent and incorrect decisions but instead it's just making them as again so it's, it makes no difference the other thing that I didn't really get in that game was the was our third goal because you didn't really see it because Kane's running away from the camera but the ball flicks up I've seen another angle of it now and it flicks up and hits his hand yeah but they decided that wasn't... A, I, I just don't even understand what the rules are now.
2: Well, I mean, that, that was handball, right? I mean, yeah. the rules as they are, that was handball and that goal should have been chalked off. It wasn't because I suspect they realised that they'd made an error in the first with the second penalty. So it was just yeah. kind of evening things up a little bit. But, like, I don't think it should have been handball, but the rules are as they are. Um, Kane handled it. He controlled it with his hand. Maybe they tried to say that because he then had you know, had time to look up, and there were a few seconds before he found Bale. So, you um, I mean, know, like five or six defenders on the line, really, or something like that when Bale was um, yeah. shot. But, yeah, it, it's very much like no one really knows. The
1: comments you tried to make that excuse, they said, oh, it was long enough in between the handball and the final phase of play. I'm like, literally, like two seconds, three seconds. It's one pass.
2: It's one pass. But that's the thing. It's no, there's no logic to it. But um, today, I guess it—it it, it does one of those things. If it evens out in the game, then fair enough. Evening out over a season has never made much sense to me because I don't want a crappy penalty when I'm losing three nil, right? I want a crappy penalty when it's one-one, and I've just done what Vardy's mm-hmm. done. So, but if it evens itself out over a game, okay. And I think today it probably did. Fair. And um, we had a bit of luck with the second goal as well,
1: didn't we, Steve? Big Dave basically made as much contact with the ball then as he did with Vardy for the penalty. So a <laughs> um, bit of a gift from Schmarkel, isn't it?
3: Yeah, just a little bit. It was. Um, he's normally a solid goalkeeper, but I thought... Did he actually catch Sanchez or not? Or did he just catch a ball?
1: No, he, he missed, missed punching the ball, so it hit the outside of his hand and went straight into the goal. Because <laughs> he was too bothered about probably getting some contact on Big Dave.
3: Yeah, to be fair, he is a big lad. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I was fortunate. Um, I mean, you, you could say all of the goals scored today were a little bit. A little bit
1: fortunate in some way. Uh, no, the fourth one, Bale played that on purpose, he thought. <laughs> oh, I'm so going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play it off the post into my own path and mug these guys off. One-two of the post, yeah. Um, <laughs> We're talking about Bale. Do you think he's made a strong case as an impact sub and for smashing semi-professional teams of Europe next season with Dane Scarlett?
3: <laughs> yeah, of course he has. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get why you wouldn't want him to stay. I mean, he's scored... Some amount of goals, I don't have the number in front of me, but yeah, he he scored a reasonable amount of goals, um, particularly because Mourinho never really played him. Yeah, so he wasn't played much and he still scored a reasonable amount of goals. Now, I don't think he's scored against decent opposition apart from Leicester
1: today. Yeah. Um so he hasn't played against decent opposition is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, true, yeah. <laughs> you're right though. Eleven goals in ten starts is, is impressive. That's not a bad shout.
3: Um I I'd hundred percent keep him. And mm. you yeah, know, so I, I was at the villa game, um which I'm trying to block out as many memories of as I can but was it
1: you screaming at Daniel Levy?
3: <laughs> we we were pretty much next to him actually could have uh <laughs> So you
1: were getting all the abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: was yeah, I normally get a lot of abuse games. But you know, when when he warmed up, you know, the entire ground were on the feet, chanting bail, he just even at his age, he just raises the team a little bit. The yeah. crowd a little bit, and he cares. Like towards the end of the Villa game, he was he was going up to the south stand, trying to g everybody up, trying to get them singing, trying to get them going, trying to get us back in the game. Like he actually gave a shit, whereas a lot of the players don't. So I'd hundred percent keep him on. I don't I don't see why you wouldn't. Apart from mm. the salary maybe, but.
1: Yeah, I guess that's it. HT, what did you have? You seen his comments post match where he said that he'll, he'll announce it after the Euros cause if did he say it would cause chaos if he announced it now? Do you reckon he's just retiring and going to play golf?
2: That that's how I would read it. I mean, what, <laughs> what could he say? Is he going to join Arsenal? I mean, what chaos can he cause for his final season? Oh, he's going to join Arsenal, isn't he? <laughs> oh no, um, West Ham. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the funny thing. Like, he's got what is it, six hundred grand a week with Real. They're going to pay it regardless. Does he does he really care enough to go and be a, a squad player for Spurs or play? Does he want regular? Does he want football? I mean, that's the thing. We we don't really know. But I think if I were him, I'd be thinking. You know what? I'll take whatever Real will pay me, and I'll stay in Madrid in the sunshine, practice my golf, and you know, keep the terms of my contract. I I think as far as he's concerned, what he wants to do is play the Euros for Wales and then try and qualify Wales for the World Cup in 18 months. If he mm. does that, that World Cup will be the end of his career, guaranteed. I think that's what he, what he wants to do, and it probably makes sense for him to do it. But, um, yeah, it's a shame because, yeah, as we've all seen, when when he does play for Spurs and he plays against the teams that maybe we, we struggle to break down, that we've done in the past, he can turn it on and he can change mm. things and he can score goals that will win us points and... Yeah, is it worth two hundred and forty grand a week? Maybe not, but it it's that, that skill is is pretty is pretty valuable.
1: Yeah, agreed. And that first goal that he scored today as well, I think there's there's probably very few players on our team that you wanted to be in that position. Because when I thought Kane was going to score and it just didn't quite work out, the ball didn't fall quite right for him. But then when he passed it back and you saw Bale running onto it. I thought there's a good chance this is going in. And it was, it was a good finish. Schmarkel maybe could have anticipated it and dived to save it. But, you know, when you've got four or five players in front of you, you've got to put it within a specific channel to get in at pace. He did that. And then, you know, I mean, his final goal was really came running out of the way. So it was like the parted like the C's for, who is it? Moses?
2: Yes, yeah, Moses <laughs> parted the seas.
1: Yes. It's like the seas parting for Moses. Yeah, and um, he just, you know, obviously played a once off the post to make it look a bit better. But he's still got that in his locker. And like I said, I can just imagine him with some of the youngsters in, playing against these teams that we've never heard of next season. He would be having an absolute field day, keep his fitness up, playing the occasional game in the league. I think it's a, it's a goer.
2: I, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, can, 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 I know we haven't talked about this, but I want to get this in here. Kasper Schmeichel was awful today, absolutely yeah. awful. The first one went through his legs, the second one he punched in, and the last one, you just said, he could have done better. Um, like, I, w- w- Was he in the one of the players of the season, according to BBC, or something stupid like that, that he'd done so well and he'd mm. been such a good influence because Leicester had won the Cup? He was woeful today. There is no way we win that game if he doesn't punch it in his own net. There's no way. Like no. Leicester lost that game pretty much because of him, and here it comes. I think Casper saw a ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh jeez, I've been waiting for that. <laughs> it's it's interesting because it kind of brings me on to my next point, which I'm just getting really pissed off with with Spurs at the moment. I know like the situation has gotten not good, but like all of the pundits and all of the media trying to basically get. Kane to go and then this narrative that Leicester have got they said at the start like that their cup win the other, the other is one of the great game, FA Cup finals they had one shot on target it was a pretty boring game I don't understand why Leicester gets so much love and look after winning the league they finished ninth again they've bottled it the, the, the top four ambitions they've bottled it but nobody's saying that nobody's coming out and saying that nobody's going like oh will Brendan Rodgers be leaving now they're just it's like a Leicester loving I just don't get it what is it HG?
2: I don't know. I mean, Spurs, we got a lot of good press. Let's face it, we did get a lot of good press when we were very good. And people said a lot of good things about Spurs and what we were doing. And, you know, the the recruitment had been decent. The team was playing really well. It was the best Spurs side of a lifetime. This Leicester team, in many respects, is no different, right? This is the best thing they've had. But you're right. Like, Leicester are being judged on the fact that they're the, you know, the seventh or eighth biggest team in the league, finishing fifth every season. And Spurs, rightly or wrongly, have a revenue that, what, double Leicester's? I mean, certainly a lot more. So you, you get judged based on you know, what you should be doing. They're a selling club that are punching above their weight. And people, I think, like to see that.
1: Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, I I didn't used to mind Leicester at all. But then I went there on an away trip. I think it was, uh, I'm just looking it up, November 2017. It was absolutely freezing. I've never been as cold at a football match in my life. And the Leicester fans were singing Champions of England. You'll never sing that. Ridiculous. And just also like, what are you having a go at us for? I I know we were chasing them that season, but it's just like I didn't really feel like there was any bad blood. So from that day, I've been like, right, gloves are off. I hate you now, Leicester. Um, So, yeah. Fuck him. The,
3: the commentary today was really really fucking me off. I mean, they were bigging Vardy up. And it's like, brilliant. He scored two penalties today. Well done. <laughs> Amazing I, penalties. Like, I, I would have scored one of them myself. Um, and he's scored two goals in the league since yeah. they unfortunately beat us well, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, as it is now, on 20th December. Is that yeah. it? He's only got two yeah. other goals since then? <laughs> two other goals, and one of those was against West Brom, so I don't think it really counts as a goal. Somebody <laughs> scores against West Brom. No, those,
1: those are the first two goals he scored at the King Power this year. Wow. I think that's the stat. Yeah. Wow. So- uh, yeah.
3: the, first two goal, the first goal he's scored at King Power since the 13th of December when he scored against Brighton, and again, doesn't really count because any of us would score against Brighton.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, Leicester this season against us, they've scored four goals and it was three penalties and an own goal. I mean, and yeah. this is the worst defence that Spurs have had in years, and yet that's the only way they can score against us. Like, I, th- I think Leicester play pretty football and they can be very, very good. But uh, yeah, I do agree that perhaps they're being overrated just because they're plucky, right? Spurs aren't plucky. Spurs have delusions of grandeur right that's how that's how people see it so they like to knock spurs down a peg or two and leicester it doesn't really matter like they do well everyone's happy mm. but yeah i'm I'm happy when they lose and so i'm very happy today also the
1: one final thing um finishing above the gooners but getting the ecl so steve where do you sit are you happy with that I'm
3: really happy because I'm an accountant, I like money and I like my cost <laughs> per game to go down. So given I get a free charge ticket, well, included tickets to the European games, I'm I'm happy. Um looking forward to seeing a team I've never heard of play at five forty five on a on a Thursday night in a pissing rain at uh <laughs> totem Stadium. But That's I mean, proper football. That's proper that's football football. from the eighties, yeah. We want that. That is. That is I mean Look, we, we, we all know we're gonna play shit teams, we all know it's gonna be a bit of a joke, but we could win it. And I do I do like Levy's long game here. We're gonna win it. If you win it, you go into Europa League. If you win <laughs> Europa League, you go into Champions League. So what's that? Twenty twenty three, we're gonna be in a Champions League. You heard it here first.
1: Oh, I love the optimism! But how would you play it next year, then, Steve? Would you would you use it as a competition in certainly in the early stages for the fringe players and youth? It, I mean, this is the thing: we've got a few players like Scarlet and Devine who are very young but look very promising. They're not going to get games if we're in the Champions League or Europa. So, good chance for them to play, no?
3: Exactly. I mean, you have to you have to chuck your kids in. A, give them experience. B, we're not going to have a big enough squad in terms of top quality players to not do that mm. um and i counted up earlier if we touch but if we did win it it's another 12 games yeah that's that's a lot of additional games to play and you know you've got to hope we do somewhat okay in the fa cup and the league cup so yeah, you know, just if the premier league what's that 50 games yes yeah, so it's gonna be another potentially 60 game season next year Mm. So you, you've got to chuck the kids in, give them a chance and also give give uh, Harry Kane um, time to kind of get, get rested for the league games.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> so uh, after, obviously after the match, there was a moment, I think he was on the pitch with Sun and Delhi having a big hug. Now, people are trying to be positive are saying, oh, he's congratulating him on his golden boot. Again, well done, Kane, smashing it third time. But um, HG, if you were a betting man, What do you think after him sort of doing his solo lap at the last game of the season and now this today? It
3: wasn't a solo lap.
1: (laughs) It wasn't a fucking solo
3: lap. There were three other Tottenham players on the pitch. Just that all the fucking press cut them out in the photos.
1: Did they? Or they just turned them into grass?
3: Does my head it? No, no. If you look at all the photos, you can see the north stand of our stadium. And then they cut the fucking photo right at Kane's backside. And they're like, he did a solo solo lap. He didn't.
1: Steve, there was a good twenty meters difference between him and oh, other that's players. Not
3: solo lap. <laughs> <laughs> there were other players on the pitch. Joyberg's daughter was on a pitch for God's sake. Um,
1: I- All right. So you obviously don't think anything of that. What do, you, what do you? think about him hugging today? Do you think they were just having a nice hug? So they missed each other.
2: I, I think Kane is playing for the cameras a little bit. Like I think it's pretty clear that Kane wants to go. He wants hmm. to go somewhere else and win trophies. Maybe he's got a, an ideal destination in mind. I'm sure he probably has, considering Man City will need a striker next season. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's it. I think that wh- wherever cards he has, and there aren't many, he's trying to play them. All right, he's trying hmm. to use the media to, to 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 turn people's minds or to get them onto his side and say that yeah, he does deserve better than Spurs, and like he may deserve better than Spurs, but he committed to Spurs. So I don't know. I, I think Spurs really should hold him to that. The idea that Kane's going to then turn around and, and not play as well next season, I don't believe it. Right? I, I that that I, I'm willing to call that bluff, but I think it's clear that Kane wants out. Absolutely mm. clear, he does.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was going to be a difficult summer, and I think I think we're going to try and keep hold of him. What do you think, Steve?
3: I don't I don't, I don't read anything to like him hugging. Hugging
1: players or not. Um, what about doing interviews with Gary Neville saying that he wants to leave. <laughs> I'll
3: <mean, laughs> read a little bit into that. Um, I mean, I, I'm i torn. So a large part of me thinks we'll keep him for one more year. Um, there'll still be, what, two years left on the contract. He'll still only be 28. He you know, He's talking to Neville a lot about Wanting to play into you know, well into his 30s. So mentally, he doesn't think he's at the end of his career. In fact, he said he was hoping to get better. So I think we can keep him for another year. But if we don't invest in the right players, he'll be off. Hmm. The thing that does worry me is there's a certain Manchester City that has a certain De Bruyne who he's already said he'd love to play with. Yeah. And a certain Aguero who's left. Mm-hmm. and a certain bank account that is huge. Mm-hmm. So you've got a successful club that wins everything with one of the best creative midfielders in the world and one of the best creative young midfielders in the world and Faden. and they need a striker and they've got the money to buy him.
2: Yeah, then they can pony up the money. That That's the thing, mm-hmm. right? Like like Levy can sit the terms and say, I want 150, I want 200 million. But what I think is ironic here is that for the last, what, 10 years, 15 years, every time we've sold our best player, the fans have gone nuts at Levy, right? How You can't sell your best players and thrive. And we've seen that, really, in the last 10 years, he hasn't done that. He's not mm. sold his best player. Like Bale went in 2013, but since then, no. The, Walker. Well, Well, yeah, Walker, but I don't think any, like, weirdly enough, we should have, but I think many Spurs fans were like, okay, if Walker wants to go, he can go. We get lots of money. Mm. There's no issue. But selling to a rival, and, like, you know, we are in the same competitions as Man City, if not the same stratosphere, um, it's not going to help Spurs progress. So I I, I don't understand why everyone seems to be so keen that we should allow Kane to leave. No. Like, if if you're going to slag Levy off for selling your best players – and then be, think it's okay because it's Kane because the the club isn't at the same standard as he was. Well, we weren't as good as Bale back in 2013, and we weren't as good as Modric back in 2012. Mm. Like that, it's just a nonsense argument. Like the club is never going to be as big as those players if we sell those players. It's just not going to mm. happen. So look, I look, I'm perfectly fine with giving him another year, right? Because Kane's not going to sign a new deal. I don't think that's that that's clearly never going to happen. But mm. why, why would we weaken ourselves when we really don't have to? And we don't. Mm. Kane may want it. I, I've got no doubt that he wants it. But tough luck, mate. You signed the contract. That's it. Like, if, if Man City come out and offer $200 Levy might take it, right? Of course he might, because that, that would help the club hopefully progress. But in, a, in unless Man City offer that money, Kane's got no hope whatsoever. He's basically got a hope that Man City are going to more money than since. And that uh, Daniel Levy decides to, to give him a favour. It, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's crazy. The only way he can curry favour is by going through the media, which is why he's doing it. He knows he doesn't <clears throat> have a leg to stand on, really. And so he has yeah. to try. Like England captain, he'll use whatever he can to get himself out of that club. And Levy will be vilified by most for this summer because of it. And some of it will be deserved, but a lot of it won't be. A lot of it is just our best player throwing his toys out the pram because he can't get what he wants.
1: Let me quickly mention footballprizes.co.uk. Still the uh, Serge Aurier shirt, that ends tomorrow. That's the 24th of May at 7.30pm. Tickets are four ninety five, and with the code 10G's you get a 10% discount. So get on that, footballprizes.co.uk. Right, HG, thanks ever so
2: much for joining. Um, who's your tip for the Euros this summer? Oh my gosh, are we thinking about that already? Um my tip <laughs> is Italy. Yeah. Because like we'll I mean, I am no expert at exactly what's gonna happen, but I think that who if you're in the, the first three groups, so it was A, B, and C, they might have an easier route to the final. Given that, like you know, D, E, and F has Spain and England and Germany and Portugal and France, mm. I think um, it might be Italy have a relatively favourable draw. And if they can win their group, then then they'll be laughing. So, yeah, b- based on that and only that, I will say Italy. Fair
1: enough, Steve. Thanks
2: for joining, mate. What's your uh,
1: what's your tip?
3: Well, based on
1: much less logic than HG, I also
3: went for Italy. Um, Let's <laughs> put 10 quid on them because the odds looked uh, looked pretty decent.
1: All right, guys. Well, there'll be plenty of content over the summer. I mean, we just had a text from uh, somebody saying, is there going to be an end-of-season review? And I replied, Christ, no. Who wants to review this season? <laughs> like, I don't know. If there's some demand for it, we might do. But I don't really want to recount Th- th- this painful season we can review it now we were shit
2: job done we got more points this season than we did last season right <laughs> three three more points and I mean granted we finished we finished is it the no we finished sixth last year so it, one position worse but we got more points a much better goal difference yeah it's got
1: 10, 10 goals more than chelsea
2: yeah which i don't that that's the thing with spurs like we said this at the start of the season like, we kept on conceding stupid penalties and stupid goals but I think I think if set pieces weren't allowed we'd have been top four easily because, <laughs> because, because we couldn't we couldn't score from them and we, we were all for conceding from them so there it's we a, go. open play is what we want we want big open games without stupid fouls from Aurier and then we'll, we'll, we'll be all right. but
1: so what we need to do is galvanize the Enoch out movement into banning set pieces Set plays, oh, yeah? yeah, set pieces. We just need to get rid of R.E.A. and uh, Sissoko, and we're good. <laughs> right, on that note, thanks for listening, Cheeseheads. Uh, we are always grateful if you listen. And until the next time, come on, you Spurs.
2: Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you
1: Spurs.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.